On this edition of Kiwi Tripsters, we go west. Western Australia is calling with a swag of urban adventure in Perth. Perth's little sister Fremantle is loaded with temptations as well. Further afield, we tootle through Tallinn, Estonia. And we take a ride on the rails with forgotten world adventures. That is all ahead on Kiwi Tripsters. We're back with Kiwi Tripsters Travel Podcast. Get ready and take off to spectacular destinations as we continue our journey and share the inside word on all things travel. Whether it's luxury travel or backpacking on a budget, whether it's cruising or foodie trips, we've got you covered with top tips and tricks so you can have an amazing travel experience. And now, over to your hosts, Mike Yardley and Andrew Seppi. Welcome aboard Kiwi Tripsters, a fresh edition. We love that. I'm Andrew Seppi. I'm Mike Yardley. A pleasure to be with you, Mike. And the Pleasure is all mine, Michael. Thanks, uh, Andrew. Let's go way out west because Perth has got it going on. A swag of major revamps has redefined the urban platter. How very urbane of us. <laughs> yes, the city's mojo is buzzing. How do you have a buzzing mojo? Well, you've got a fizzing, happening, enlivened, revitalised, booming mojo. Oh, totes. <laughs> you've got a fizzy sweep of fresh temptations in Perth. <laughs> Grand works of urban regeneration have recast the city. And if you have no idea what we're talking about, we are going to tell you. What I think you could deduce from this is that Perth's had a bit of a makeover. It has, right. Yeah. So, as an example, one of the standouts, art-filled Jägen Square. Not like Jägenmeister. <laughs> no, different different uh, subject completely. Right. Mm-hmm. So, Jägen Square now connects the CBD with Northbridge. Previously, it was severed by rail tracks. Oh, yes. So they've built right across the railway tracks. They've put those underground, reclaiming four hectares for this bright new city square. But even more transformative, Andrew, but wait, there's more. But wait. The multi-billion dollar Elizabeth Key development, which accentuates the city's focus on the Swan River. Now, if you think Sydney's Darling Harbour, which is a very cool place, some nice bars. There, we have frequented a few times. And you'll get a feel for how colossal this project has been. Yes. So it's 10 hectares of blue ribbon riverfront land at Elizabeth Quay. You've got the most sublime promenade wrapped around the inlet, lots of lively new spaces. I think it is truly, genuinely unfailingly spectacular. Now, one of the best ways to find your feet is by joining a walking tour with an organisation that has a quintessentially... Australian name, and they are called Oh Hey WA. <laughs> very Kath and Kim, but yes, very. Go walk about, you'll be like Cal doing his oh yes speed walking. Oh, uh, yeah. get your stride on, Cal. Yeah, Oh Hey WA. Go walk about with them. It's a surefire way to get a true sense of the city's spunk and sparkle. Lovely. <laughs> My tour traversed a range of themes, uh, laneways laden with libations. Oh, yes. Say that 10 times after a Jägermeister. (laughs) Um, You'll also dip into the amazing architecture that is rising up and the city's best street art. The enhanced presence of Indigenous street art is particularly eye-catching. As it should be. And a really cool specimen, which I loved, the spectacular rainbow serpent slithering along the walls of, of an entire laneway. And that is something to be seen. Now, Perth is loaded with small bars, uh, filled with small Michaels. Over the past decade, liquor licensing changes have spawned a whole profusion of small bars, setting up trade and uh, re-energising dishevelled alleys 
alleyways. Yeah, Can't well, go past the dishevelled alleyway. Well, a lot of them were very skanky alleyways, oh, well, where yes. all sorts of shady behaviour went on. Oh, shady indeed. Uh, but now you've got all of these amazing, thriving small bars. Mm. So barflies, rejoice. Chic uh, sh- <laughs> cocktail spots, lots of speakeasy bars are bubbling away in these tucked away hidey holes. The irony with that is after a few drinks, you ain't speaking very easy at all. This is very true. Mm-hmm. And that comes from first-hand experience. <laughs> yes. Two of the best of these small bars, I love Joe's Juice Joint. Yes, I love the name. The name itself is very catchy, isn't it? It is. I want to go to Joe's Juice Joint. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a rock and roll den and a classic dive bar where it's all about fried chicken, cheeseburgers, pinball, and a classic rock playlist. What uh-huh, more could uh-huh. you want in life? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I also loved Sneaky Tonys. Oh, I have very Sopranos. Sneaky Tonys. <laughs> I love that name. Oh, yeah. So this is a very much a Prohibition-style bar. The shelves are bursting with liquid gold. They've got 300 rums on offer. And you tried every single one of them. 298. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> left a couple for next time. Pull up a stall and settle in. Good Eats abound in Perth, too, uh, if you're partial to pizza. Uh, sticking with our Italian Sopranos, uh, definitely head to Alfred's Pizzeria. This is a New York gangster-style basement pizza bar. Really cool. Um, also, at the other end of the spectrum, if you're looking for a bit of posh nosh in Perth, Ew. I would recommend Wildflower. Mm-hmm. So the interesting thing about this restaurant is that they have incorporated a lot of the Noongar bush tucker into its menu, Noongar, the local Indigenous people. Yes. And Noongar, they actually have a a calendar of six seasons. Obviously, we have four, right? Probably more accurate there, Yeah, six, yeah. That's true. Yeah, there are subtle differences. There mm. are like mini seasons within the seasons. Well, really. I mean, you look at our seasons and how often does spring feel like spring or spring? Yeah, that's it true. It doesn't. I know. Yeah. I know. So, yeah, you'll get a really nice sort of taste, literally, of Noongar culture with a visit to Wildflower. Tucked below King's Park, another cool place, particularly for lunch. Oh, here we go. Another another great Australian name. Cooey Perth. Cooey. Cooey. Yes. Cooey. Oh, it's coming back at you, Andrew. <laughs> it's a ritzy riverfront venue. Story house. of my life. <laughs> this is actually housed in the old Swan Brewery, so a lot of history in this building. But um, the restaurant today, very swanky. For lunch, I would recommend chicken terrine, but definitely save some stomach space for the most marvellous toffee pudding. That's very you, isn't it? Indigenous tourism is on the up across the Tasman, and you can even partake in a smoking ceremony. It's not vaping or anything, <laughs> on the banks of the Swan River. It's funny you say that because I did take my vape with me down to the river bank and took a tour with Nick Abraham, a Noongar elder. I was struck by his insights on the revered rainbow serpent. I've become obsessed about the whole rainbow serpent mythology in Australia. Yeah, yeah. But he was telling me how a shocked family member supposedly saw one in the river like a premonition. He was just a young kid at the time. Several days later, their grandfather lost his life in the exact same spot of the river. Yeah. And those sorts of anecdotes, they just spilled forth from Nick before we finished off with a smoking ceremony, which is all about banishing negative energy and letting the positive energy surround you. I actually found it quite intoxicating. (laughs) I really got amongst it. What I loved is that Nick joked that he's frequently asked to smoke 
visiting sports teams. And late last year, Collingwood came to town, uh, to Perth, and he smoked them. And after that, they went on a non-stop winning blitz for the rest of the AFL season. Yeah. Yeah. Why would that be surprising? <laughs> now, Optus Stadium is the city's glitzy new sporting venue. You'll remember the bird's nest from the Beijing Olympics. And Optus has riffed off a similar theme because its facade resembles a giant swan nest. Yes. Mm. It's exceptional. Mm. Equally eye-grabbing is the Matagarup Bridge right next to the stadium. So this opened about four years ago and connects the stadium back to the city centre in East Perth. Um, The striking design of those flowing steel arches is meant to represent a pair of black and white swans that are coming together of diverse cultures, while also resembling the shape of that deified rainbow serpent. You can actually zip line down from the top of the bridge if you really want to. You didn't, did you? No, I didn't, actually. Funny that. Yes, no. You didn't have an e-zip line. (laughs) All right, just ahead, we stay in WA with a swing through the neighbourhood hotspot of Fremantle, or Frio, to its friends. Back in a mo. Back with Kiwi Tripsters, Mike and Andrew, as we take a swing through Perth and Fremantle. A lot of Kiwis first introduced to the harbour town of Frio with the America's Cup, 1986, and KZ7, Plastic Fantastic, skipped by Chris Dixon, and Stars and Stripes, skipped by Dennis Connor. Dirty Dennis. Dirty Dennis. And Paul Holmes, <laughs> first ever TV interview. Yes. Yes, Dennis Connor walked off after telling him, ah, yeah, foolish. Yes. Yeah. And, of course, uh, when watching cricket, and they would talk about the cooling in shore wind, uh, the Fremantle doctor. I had visions of someone in a white coat wandering onto the cricket pitch. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But when you visit Fremantle, the beating heart of the town is South Terrace, the Cappuccino Strip. I love South Terrace. Mm. It is the main drag coursing through town, and its hospo heft was primarily influenced by Italian migrants. Hence the Cappuccino. Very much. Mm -hmm. The strip is like the trunk of Frio's tree. Oh, how very picturesque. (laughs) That legacy endures with a clutch of very perky Italian cafes, the sort of place where you rock down there 7, 8 in the morning and you will think you are in Italia. You will find all these old Italian men hunched around the counter of these cafes every morning, kicking back espresso and catching up with the daily gossip. I love it. Yeah, I could imagine. Mm. Mm. So, what happened to your boy? <laughs> yeah. Is he yes. still working with the family? <laughs> Has he still got that watch I gave him in 1937? Has he got the Fremantle rubbish collection contract? (laughs) (laughs) Does he he take out the trash, if you know what I mean? Uh, They're very proud and protective of the heritage buildings with a gobsmacking tribe of 150 heritage-protected buildings. Yes, and the local passion for heritage preservation is just steeped in their DNA. Yeah. You don't mess with the building. This is true. Mm. High Street Fremantle is like Omaru on poppers. It's just <laughs> insanely <laughs> gorgeous. Dozens and dozens and dozens of highly ornate heritage buildings. They flank the entire length of the street. 
It is movie set perfection. Now, the National Hotel is one of the stars of this parade, a grand old watering hole ambitiously revived at a cost of $7 million 10 years ago after falling victim to multiple fires. Yes, the Bernie kind. It looks like something out of New Orleans. Four stories high and a riot of wrought iron. I like that little turn of phrase. A riot of wrought iron. Yes. Carl Bullers is the boss Mm. of this iconic Grand Dame. Yes. And he has just turned his hand to rescuing another derelict heritage building, the old courthouse. And the courtrooms have been revived as a brand new sort of dining space. Oh. So you can enjoy rotisserie chicken with a side of convict history. It's that sort of place. (laughs) And each dining room is adorned with the original magistrate's bench and the prisoner dock. Now, Fremantle's prison has been compared to Alcatraz, sort of Australia's answer to Alcatraz. You think so? Indeed. It's a World Heritage listed limestone fortress and... It's totally intact. The most intact convict establishment in the Southern Hemisphere, Fremantle Prison. So remarkably, this austere facility actually remained operating as a maximum security prison until 30 years ago. Shivers. So even though it's got massive history, it's also in some ways quite recent history. Yeah. The best way to bring the sordid history to life is to take a guided tour. Uh, you'll get all of the inside skinny on the haunting tales of executions gone wrong, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. some of the most notorious inmates, and their attempts at escaping, hence the comparison to Alcatraz. Okay, so from executions gone wrong, notorious inmates, escaping. Where's good to eat? (laughs) (laughs) Just, you know, just as a little... Skip across the yes, subject line. Indeed. Hmm. Well, I would go to Bread in Common, oh. which the locals absolutely adore. Its menu is inspired by locally sourced produce based all around bread. Wow. I, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> we are not talking your $1.99 bargain basement garden variety bread from the supermarket. No, no. We are talking wood-fired preservative free bread. Oh, And it's served at long communal tables, and you've got an open kitchen, so you can check what the chef is doing to your meal. (laughs) A lot of of locals just go to Bread in Common to nosh on their bread, to sip coffee. They'll do it all afternoon while catching up on work emails. I can see a Mr. Seppi doing that. That's your sort of place. Yeah, kind of is. Yeah. If you are into your Italian, and who isn't? I'll tell you. (laughs) I loved... La Sosta, which is a very perky joint, serving up silky handmade pasta and super fresh seafood. Very nice balcony for aperitivo hour. Uh-huh. Try their handmade pork ravioli, or even better, their squid ink spaghetti served with crab and cherry tomatoes. Sounds like a mouthful to say, let alone eat. Yeah, yeah. Now, there's also Jungle Bird, which has brought laid-back beachy vibes to the west end of town. Yes, great mm. venue. Can't they, go past the beachy vibes. <laughs> they specialise in Caribbean delights like jerk chicken with Jamaican rice alongside boutique rums and kick-ass cocktails. And it's a great example, actually, of the sort of joint that injects so much new personality into these really gracious old buildings and high streets. Yeah, absolutely. And down on the waterfront, Bathers Beach House. Oh, This is where you can... Salivate stupidly. Not over, on, not over bathers, hopefully. <laughs> over the platters. Oh, good. Right. 
Um, and the places tend to come stacked with reef fish and mussels and marinated octopus Ooh. and oysters Ooh. and garlic prawns. Oh. And you wash it all down with an Eagle Bay ale as a fireball sunset torches the Indian Ocean. Well, well, well. It's all happening at bathers. It is happening at bathers. <laughs> now, little creatures, they're still the craft king out west? They have been for so many years. They have. But they are being given mm. a run for their money. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. So these guys, little creatures, they were actually the craft trailblazers in WA. But um, down at Fremantle's port, Gage Rhodes Brewery is the new big boy on the block, and they've set up a massive brew house for their faithful frothheads. Oh, yes. Are you a frothhead? A frothhead. I like that. That sounds like something that um, out of the 60s, really. It does, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you just grab a tasting paddle at Gage Roads Brewery, whistle up a Fremantle lobster roll, and life is good. Or tuck into the rottenest island swordfish, schnitzel, with caviar bayonnaise. Shivers. That was quite a lunch to remember. (laughs) Again, quite a lunch to say. Mm. Coming up, we long haul it in Estonia for a look through Tallinn, just because we can. Back in a moment. This is Kiwi Trips. There's Mike and Andrew. And if you've been planning a fling with the Baltic states in Eastern Europe, Tallinn, Estonia has been rising in the popularity stakes. Does it really live up to this new hype it's been getting? Totally. Ah, good. Yeah. Lovely. And we won't be disappointed then. <laughs> in fact, I think it exceeded my expectations, which were pretty lofty because of all of the hype. Oh, very nice. Yes. Okay, so fill us in on Tallinn. I think it's a very theatrical place. No. I, I remember I woke up. I peered out my Talon Hotel window mm-hmm. and there was this early morning curtain of swirling mist gently lifting from the old town as if a theatre production was about to burst into life. Welcome to Talon. Right. Okay. <laughs> there is much to Talon that does sort of border on the fairy tale. Mm-hmm. A whirring web of wonderment awaits you in the old town, which is like many of the Baltic cities where the biggest treats are concentrated in those old town districts. Now, the old town district of Tallinn is the ultimate for medieval atmos. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. It's one of the best in Europe. Oh, that. that's a big call because there are some great old towns in Europe. I know. I know. Prague, for example. I was just going to say, without any disrespect to Prague, <laughs> I don't want to be checkmate here. <laughs> oh, 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 that was a bit lame. Yeah, it's a dad joke. Oh, wasn't it just... Mm. Anyway, um, Estonia's buzzing capital is particularly enchanting because of the fact that its old town district is virtually fully encircled by 14th century medieval walls. So these were built in, you know, 1350, 1360, 1370. Oh, yeah, yeah. Quite a while ago, actually. Yeah, just a few years. And then those walls have been topped with 20 fairy tale watchtowers and crenellations. I was half expecting to see 20 Cinderella's poking their nose out of the watchtowers. Okay. <laughs> or Prince Charming to come rocking by to save them. You did have some lofty expectations of this place, didn't you? <laughs> it's a very photogenic, snap-happy sort of place. Okay, all yeah. sorts of hidden gems are prized open on the guided walking tours, like the town pharmacy. Yes, uh, this is one of the world's oldest continually operating pharmacies, selling potions <clears throat> since 1422. 
Just imagine the things they've sold oh. out of that place over the centuries. Strychnine, cyanide. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Another highlight on a walking tour is Tumpia, the mm. hill, where the all-conquering Danes built their fortress 800 years ago. Uh, the city's also been ruled by German Teutonic Knights of the Crusade. The Swedes came to town and, of course, the Ruskies. Mm. Hopefully the Ruskies won't be back anytime soon. Mm, wouldn't count on it. Mm. So their breadcrumbs have been left all over the city, <laughs> you know, as to you can you can go into one part of town and think, oh, yes, uh, so we know who ruled the roost here for a while. Mm. Uh, but within the heart of the old town, it is just so well-preserved. That is where you will want to spend most of your time. It's got an atmos you cannot design or buy. And there is a faded glory to it as well. Some of the buildings are like hunchbacked, seemingly leaning towards each other like old gossips. And that'd be right up your alley then. <laughs> now, you came across a tall story about a seagull in Talon. So get telling us about the seagull. <laughs> I'll be telling you about this. Now, you may think I am easily led astray, <laughs> easily sucked in. But I. Sorry, <laughs> was, I to, was I supposed to say? No, Michael. No, no, no. I was waiting for a vigorous denial. Yeah. Um, anyway, I was taking in one of those fork dropping views above the old town. And you got an email from someone in Nigeria telling you you'd got an <laughs> inheritance to claim? No. Anyway, no, go on. I had not. Mm. Um, anyway, I was taking in the view and then a particularly friendly seagull seemingly stopped to pose longingly on the wall, lapping up the attention. And? And unlike most gulls, he wasn't actually hassling passers-by for food. Probably wasn't hungry. Anyway. My guide yes. claimed that this seagull appears on the same spot at the same time every day and has apparently done so for 10 years. Okay. And my guide went on to say, a stamp seller used to play their wares from the exact same spot. The guide reckons... The day after the stamp seller died, Mr. Seagull took up residence. Well, the stamp guy <laughs> probably used to feed Mr. Seagull, yeah. Well, the locals, according to my guide, reckon it is the stamp seller reincarnated. <laughs> so does the bird sell stamps? <sighs> well, I didn't check, actually, but I wouldn't trust a seagull to give it a good lick. Okay. So were you convinced that the seagull was the stamp seller reminted? <laughs> Reminted. There was something unusual about that bird's demeanour. It seemed hyper-personal. Right. Mm. Okay. Maybe it was called Jonathan Livingston. Jonathan Livingston stamp seller. Let's talk about foodie hits. Estonians are besotted by mushrooms. Well, who isn't? All true. I'm besotted by mushrooms. Good. In fact, I felt very Estonian when I was in Tallinn because I discovered... <laughs> <laughs> yes. That my fascination with fungi is easily shared with them to mm. the point where mushroom foraging with family and friends is a very popular pastime. Well. After church on a Sunday, fungi foraging is it. Right. Wild boar meat and black bear meat oh. are worth a try and tell them. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Until you know what it is. Yep. Baltic herring is one of Estonia's favourite fish. Once considered the cheap food of the masses, it now proudly features on all self-respecting high-end restaurant menus. 
And the eel soup was a fresh discovery for me, Andrew. Once okay. again, mm. once again, I thought it was very flavoursome, very satisfying until I knew what it was. Right. Mm. 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 Now, for undiluted sugary goodness, and I'm, I must say I do have to agree with this. I know it has a big connection with Christmas and mm. I can overlook mm. that, mm. but marzipan. I oh. love marzipan and it's a big deal in Tallinn. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm. I felt like I'd gone to heaven. Oh, do not miss paying a visit to a certain cafe called Maya Smock, which has operated from the same building since 1864. Wow. It is, it is the oldest working cafe in Estonia. Its allure is its marzipan, which originates from the medieval era as a form of medicine before yeah, being it, enjoyed by the it, masses. Because it does have a medicine taste to it. Yeah, I can appreciate that now. So if I'm ever caught binging on marzipan, I just say to people, I'm having my medicine. <laughs> Anyway, there, there is fierce rivalry over who is responsible for a unleashing on the world marzipan. Of course. Was it Talon mm-hmm. or was it Lübeck? In Germany. I'm not Talon. <laughs> okay, so both claim that they invented marzipan. They do. Mm-hmm. The almond and powdered sugar treats are still made the same way as they were hundreds of years ago at Cafe Meiersmock. In fact, the marzipan is so highly regarded at that cafe that the court of the Russian Tsar, not Vladimir Putin, was a regular client. Oh. So it's still made and painted by hand today as it has for hundreds of years. Marzipan heaven. Very nice indeed. Just north of the old town, the cultural kilometre is another great haunt, uh, running through an intriguing stretch of post-Soviet Talon. Yeah. I Mm. loved this because you can sort of taste the recent past by getting a feel for the newfound independence of Estonia. Mm-hmm. So it begins beside the Culture Boiler, which is a former power station, Soviet-built. It's been converted into a concert venue. Oh, good use for it. Isn't it? Yeah. The power station's chimney is where some key moments in the movie Stalker were shot oh. on location. Yeah. Have you seen that flick? No. Stalker? No. Yeah. From there, the path heads to the Estonian design house where you've got all these trendy young Baltic designers displaying and selling their wares. And I just thought that place in itself gives you a sense of why Tallinn is a radar-blipping city. You know, it's like finding its its mojo, its urban zest. Mm. Um, the good thing is it's still cheap. It won't be for long. No, it is changing. Yeah. It is changing. So see it before you leave it too late. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's what you'll find when you, you know, you, you get something and go, oh, this seems a little undiscovered and well-priced. Yeah. Yeah, then people start discovering it and it ain't well-priced for long. True. All right, stay with us. We take a ride on the rails in the King Country shortly. Back in a moment. You're back with Kiwi Tripsters, Mike and Andrew. If you are planning to visit the King Country, even if you're not planning, you maybe you know, you could be, uh, the chance to ride the retired rails with Forgotten World Adventures should be the top of your list. It has breathed new life into an abandoned railway line. Very cool indeed. I'm sure many New Zealanders have driven the Forgotten World Highway, yes, which connects Taranaki to the King Country, but the decommissioned railway line delivers a far more scenic and intimate uh, encounter with the wilderness. So this is the old line that ran between Stratford and Tomaranui. It was mothballed by Kiwi Rail in 2010. Yeah, but a very enterprising farmer, Ian Balm, 
Yeah, well, he, he dreamed big and secured a long-term lease to operate semi-guided tours on the line. Yeah. And over the past 13 years, he has turned a rusting eyesore into a truly visionary tourism business on this 140-kilometre-long track. How long does the route take to complete? Yeah, it's a good question because there are a variety of ways you can ride the rails. The most popular option is uh, the 20-tunnel tour day trip, oh. which is a 10-hour ride to Momana. If you want to go all the way to Stratford... That's actually a two-day tour. Really? Yeah. But so you, you get to sleep overnight? You do. Thank, thankfully, you do. Yes. <laughs> yes. You're not roughing it on the rails. Oh, good. Um, so you can sleep overnight in Whanga Mamona. You don't get to rough it on the rails and sleep in an old cargo, like one of the hobos in those TV shows in the 80s? No, Andrew. No. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, but if you ride on time, there are, and this will appeal to you, we taster tours. Yes. Mm. Yes, I mean, some people are time poor. Mm. This is, you know, story of my life, really. Mm. So I joined the 10 Tunnel <laughs> Rail Cart. Was it half price? <laughs> yeah, I reckon. Uh, the 10 Tunnel Rail Cart Tokarima Tour. This is a five-hour tour, 40K return romp from Tomaranui to Tokarima. Mm-hmm. The great thing about this tour, it includes the longest tunnel on the line and New Zealand's seventh longest railway tunnel if you are a train spotter. New Zealand's seventh <laughs> longest rail tunnel. Yes. Okay. Uh, it took 10 years to carve and was hand laid with over three and a half million bricks. Kids love how jet black the darkness is. And that is, you know, you think you know what dark is when you turn the lights off at home, but this is an inky blackness mm-hmm. that you will have never experienced before, and the bone-chilling coldness Mm. in the middle of the tunnel. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's the full sensory experience in the middle of that tunnel. What makes uh, the rail journey so unique is you are self-driving converted golf carts from Arizona. (laughs) That's what's on the line now. So they're actually quite zippy, and you've got a brake, and you've got an accelerator. That's good. Yeah, yeah. But because they are clamped onto the railway tracks, you won't be – touching the steering wheel, if you know what I mean. Yes. So you just clatter along the track, curling through valleys and creased hills, and you just see so much in the countryside, sprinkled with ramshackle houses, dilapidated farm buildings. They're all sort of like vestiges or reminders of the boom times, the timber milling boom time, the coal mining boom time. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, it is quite sobering to actually reflect on how Dramatic the population changes have been in a lot of these settlements. Yeah, and given the rolling countryside, it's a very scenic ride, which, you know, I guess for you, it's like the e-bike of uh, the rails. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not matched by road travel, and the novelty of clattering along these old railway tracks is really fantastic fun. It is, deliriously so. I love how, in the King Country, the hills seem so creased and crinkled. They are. They're like someone has forgotten to iron them. Yeah. Apparently it's because a lot of them are lahar mounds. Oh, of course. So we can thank volcanic activity for creating that sort of rumpled look. Mm. And you will be constantly switching from thick native bush to rustic farmland on this railway line. When it opened, Tangaraku had a bustling population of 1,200. Today, it's like a ghost town. It has eight residents. Eight. So that's how much these settlements can just slump. Dwindle. Yeah. Mm. Um, 
But there's all sorts of really interesting information posts along the route which illustrate how bustling many of these little scratchings of settlements used to be. Um, New Zealand and Australia have quite a few of those too with the old you know, yes. mining, asbestos, et cetera, et cetera. True. They had these bustling towns, uh, sort of the epicentre of local industry that have just gone... Yeah. Now, there's also river tour options in these here parts as well. Yes. Uh, the Forgotten World Jet mm-hmm. actually operates the longest commercial river tour in the Southern Hemisphere, and it's on the Whanganui River. On jet boat. Yeah. Oh, you love these. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. As long as there's not too many fishtails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can actually trip all the way from Tomaranui to Whanganui yeah. on a jet boat. Mm. <laughs> what really struck me on the jet boat was a tree. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, there is just so much volcanic material stamping its presence on the river. Absolutely. Massive, massive pumice boulders, which apparently had been heaved into the sky during past eruptions, now just plonked down on the on the riverside. Yeah. Uh, and you can see how the exposed sandstone cliffs on the riverbanks have been topped with a very thick layer of volcanic ash. It is a stunning sight. It's a lot to see around these here parts. Oh, yeah. How long do you reckon you'd need really to give the, you know, area a fair airing? Do it justice. Well, several days. I reckon the best way to do it is to do it as a combo trip. So clatter down the railway line to Taranaki and then head back uh, to Tamaranui by jet boat. And that way you will also get to see the bridge to nowhere. Oh, lovely. Uh, But the Kiwi love affair with anything DIY is undeniable, and I think that is what makes the novelty of these rail cars so enticing. You are piloting yourself along the rail tracks. That's that's a winning experience. Well, I guess when, especially when we were younger in movies, you'd see the jiggers. Yes. You know, and yeah. you'd always be thinking, oh, that'd be so cool to be on a... That's exactly you know, how I found it. Yeah, yeah. Like a little jigger. Yeah. I've always been quite enamoured when you watch the railway um, vehicles, like the Kiwi Rail Utes. They, they go on the tracks. They have yes. the wheel rail wheels that come down. Yes. And they can drive along the tracks. I'm always thinking, ah, oh, that'd be really cool to do. <laughs> now, the accommodation options are pretty distinctive. Yes. Too. If, if you are doing an overnighter, as we mentioned before, you'll be staying a night at uh, Whangamamona, and this is in the hotel that has declared itself the self-proclaimed Republic of Whangamamona. So you can actually get your passport stamped at that hotel. Mm. It is one of New Zealand's legendary watering holes. Absolutely. That is it for now. Be sure to like our Facebook page. Show notes are, as always, available on the website, kiwitripsters.co.nz. For great travel reading, check out our sister site, forthelovetravel.nz. And we'd love you to rate and review Kiwi Tripsters on the podcast service of your choice. There are many choices. Clearly you've chosen one. Rate it on that one. Go yes. on there. You know. Yes. Bury us in your feedback like a big slithering lahar mound. Come on down. Slithering. Hmm. We look forward to catching you for our next edition in a week's time. Take care now. Hooroo. And that's a wrap for this episode of Kiwi Tripsters. Liked what you listened to? 
Then join us for our next episode of Kiwi Tripsters, where we bring you more travel inspiration, giveaways, and insider knowledge with expert guests on the show. Connect with us on Facebook and Instagram and visit us on kiwitripsters.co.nz. But most importantly, subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts and tell us what you think of our show. Till next time, safe travels. Thank you.